listening to Oliver's Insights with Dr. Shane Oliver. This podcast is part of AMP's Simplifying Investing series, where we try to help demystify some of the complex questions and topics of investing to help you make informed decisions around your financial future. In today's episode, Shane takes a closer look at the pressure facing share markets. What's behind the current strain? And how vulnerable are Australian shares in the short to medium term? Shane shares his insights on these big questions and much more. Now, before I hand over to Shane, a quick reminder that this podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what is right for you. Any general tax information provided is intended as a guide only. Let's go straight to our resident expert, Shane, take it away. Thanks, Adam, and good day, everyone. Today, I'm going to talk about share markets. This year has been a pretty rough ride for share markets. In fact, from their high point, the cyclical high point, which in fact was earlier this year for the US share market, it's had a pullback of around 18% to its recent low. And I'm talking about closing day lows here. And of course, that low was last week. That's had a bit of a bounce since then. Global shares have also had a 17% fall, similar declines top to bottom in Japan and, and Europe. So it's been a pretty rough ride. The Aussie share market has fared a little bit better, but still bad. It's had a fall of about 9%. And of course, a lot of this weakness has been led by tech stocks, the NASDAQ, top to bottom fall of around 29%. And of course, we all know that government bonds are having a bad year. Just bear in mind that when bond yields rise, that means a capital loss for investors in bonds. Uh, We've seen returns from bonds over the last 12 months worse than we saw in the bond crash of 1994. And of course, cryptocurrencies, which have been a key beneficiary of easy money and very low interest rates have been hit by the tightening in monetary policy with many cryptos down by more than 50% or more, not helped by a stable coin called Terra USD running into trouble last week. So what's driving all this volatility? The big negatives, we hear a lot about them, but I'll just run through them. I think as we came into this year, we're always vulnerable to a rougher year because last year was so strong and so smooth. The biggest pullback we saw in US shares last year, top to bottom was 5% and in Australian shares it was 6%. Um, But that was, of course, um, surpassed by the overall returns through the course of the year, which were very, very strong. We've also seen a lot of um, speculative froth in areas like tech stocks, meme stocks, SPACs and cryptos. And it's often the case that after years of relative calm, like 2021 was, they're often followed by a rougher year, which is maybe what we're seeing this year. So that's one element of it, bit of mean reversion there. Inflation continues to be a problem. And uh, even though we did see a bit of a dip in US inflation for the month of April, it still remains very high at 8.3%. And of course, other countries are continuing to report very high inflation numbers as well, including the UK. So that's an ongoing problem and puts pressure on central banks because they're worried that if they don't move quickly, then inflation expectations will get out of control. And of course, inflation will be locked in at these high levels. And of course, one area they're looking at closely is wages growth. They want decent wages growth, but they don't want it so strong that it just takes us into a wage price spiral. And of course, that's also a risk in Australia, although so far we haven't seen that happen. We're still very low wages growth officially. War in Ukraine, ongoing issue, um, causing uncertainty and disrupting the supply of commodities. Uh, Lockdowns in China, not helping. That obviously also impacts supply chains globally as well as global growth. And we have seen some very weak data out of China in the last week or so. 
Uh, we've seen central banks continue to tighten. Uh, we've seen the Fed in the US with Fed Chair Powell warning that getting inflation back to 2% will include some pain. So bottom line is here that markets are therefore worrying that maybe there's going to be a recession. And of course, we know from history that recessions tend to be bad news for share markets. And of course, as bond yields go up, it makes them a bit more attractive in a relative sense compared to shares, which makes them a little less attractive. And of course, um, as I mentioned earlier, cryptocurrencies, tech stocks, they've been leading the way down because they're vulnerable when monetary policy has tightened, uh, interest rates are rising, it reduces the attractiveness of those more specky parts of the investment scene. Now, of course, one other factor is that while we've seen a nice bounce in the last couple of days, I think it's still a bit too early to say that we've seen the bottom. It's hard to be confident on that one because for a couple of reasons, yes, we've got investor pessimism at extreme levels, but things like the VIX index, which is a measure of fear in the US share market, VIX it's called, or the ratio of put options to call options, being transacted are not, have, we haven't yet seen the extremes for them that you normally see at major market bottoms. So they're all the negatives. Could see some more downside before this is all over um, and it's gonna remain volatile, I think, for a while yet. Against that, there are some positives. It's not all doom and gloom. We, we put together a pipeline inflation indicator for the US, uh, which gives a rough guide as to inflationary pressures coming down the pipeline to impact consumers and it's showing signs of having peaked because commodity price gains seem to have slowed. Some commodities have rolled over, in fact. And of course, we've seen some business surveys indicate that selling price pressures and input price pressures may also be starting to top out. And we're also seeing lower freight costs. So all of those things are a bit of a positive that hold out the hope that later this year, inflation will start to slow, taking pressure off central banks, enabling them to avoid um, a recession. On top of that, in the US, we've seen some signs that wages growth may have peaked late last year and may be slowing a little bit, a bit premature to get too excited about that, but that's possible. Um, we've seen company profits continue to, to surprise on the upside in the US reporting season currently ending. This is for the March quarter. We're seeing earnings growth of around 12%. Now, bear in mind, just six weeks ago, the consensus expectation for the quarter was around 4%. Uh, so quite a lot of upside surprise coming through there, and that provides a lot of support for share markets. Similar story in Europe and Asia, where profit growth is actually stronger than it is in the US. Maybe, just maybe, some of the risks around Ukraine could be declining a little bit. Hard to tell on this one, but uh, contrary to the fears of many, President Putin did not declare war on Ukraine or announce a general mobilisation on his commemoration speech for the victory of Russia over Nazi Germany on 9th of May. So that could be a positive sign, although the risks are still there, particularly given that uh, Finland and Sweden are applying to join NATO. COVID cases in China appear to be slowing. You know, a lot of risks around that one, but if that's the case, then it may open the way for a, a reopening in the parts of China that have been locked down and also for stimulus measures to start helping to boost growth. The fabled yield curves, a lot of people like to look at yield curves, the gap between long-term interest rates and short-term rates. Uh, some people say when that gap goes inverse or negative, long-term rates below short-term rates, then that signals recession, and there's some evidence supporting that in the past. Um, that hasn't happened. The yield curves have not inverted um, decisively, and several of them haven't inverted at all. So that suggests that even if they invert today, the average lead between an inversion and recession is about 18 months. So even if they invert today, we're probably not looking to a recession until the latter part of next year which is probably too early for share markets to start worrying about. And finally, you could make an argument that given the ending of money printing in the US, 
and its reversal with quantitative tightening that the Fed, the Fed is actually tightened more already um, than many uh, seem to allow for, and therefore they may not have that much further to go. So all of these factors gives me a little bit of confidence that while I think it's too early to say we, we've seen the bottom, we could still see more falls in markets in the short term, there's a good chance, I think, that we will avoid a deep or what I call a grizzly bear market because we won't see recession at least in the next 18 months. So there are some positives there. You might then ask, what does this mean for Australian shares? As I mentioned up front, they only came down 9%. How come our market in Australia here has been less affected than in other countries? Bunch of reasons for that. Firstly, we have commodities and they've been supported by the war in Ukraine. And of course, um, the rebounding global production has supported commodities, which are also seeing support from a whole bunch of longer term factors, such as decarbonisation. We need more electric cars and electric cars use a lot more copper than a regular car does, for example. And of course, geopolitical tensions mean more spending on metals as countries ramp up defence spending. So they're the factors that have helped. And then another one is that we don't have a lot of tech stocks in Australia. So we didn't get the benefit to the same degree of very low interest rates that other share markets did. We've been a relative underperformer over the last decade or so because we didn't have those tech stocks. Now, if interest rates are going to be higher, bond yields are going to be higher, that's a negative for tech stocks, but our market is less affected. My view on this is that we have entered a period where the Australian share market will be a relative outperformer. We are vulnerable in the short term, particularly if those lockdowns in China uh, get extended or get wider in China. Um, but by the same token, I think once we get through some of those short term issues, the relative outperformance for Australian shares or from Australian shares will continue on the back of particularly a commodity super cycle. So what should investors do through all of this? Obviously, this results in a lot of uncertainty. Sharp share market falls are stressful for investors as no one likes to see their investments fall in value. But at times like these, and I think I mentioned in my last podcast that my crystal ball gets a bit hazy at times like these, and it certainly does, I think there's several things for investors to bear in mind. The first one is that share market pullbacks are healthy and normal. These things happen. Occasionally we have bear markets, corrections. Um, they're part and parcel of owning shares and they partly explain why you get higher returns from shares. In fact, they are the cost we pay to get higher returns from shares compared to other more defensive assets. In the absence of a recession, this is the second point, in the absence of a recession, share market falls should, I think, be limited. Third point, it's very hard to time market moves. So even if you think the market may go down further, it's going to be very hard to time the bottom. And often selling after a loss, which is what we've seen so far this year, it can lead to just locking in those losses. Another point, share market pullbacks ultimately provide opportunities for investors. So if you are going to do anything, it's probably better to be buying into the dips, probably using dollar cost averaging rather than looking to sell. And another point is the Australian share market on a dividend yield fully franked of around 5.5% is still pretty attractive compared to bank deposit rates. Even though those bank deposit rates are going up, that attractiveness remains. And finally, in this sort of environment, it's very easy to get thrown off a well-thought-out long-term investment strategy. So I think it's critically important to try and turn down the noise around all the negative news flow. It's, it's not often easier said than done, but I think in this environment, particularly in a world of social media where we are bombarded with that noise, which is often negative, we really need to find a way to turn it down. So I might leave it there. Happy investing. Until we meet again, adios. Dr. Shane Oliver there with his analysis of the current state of the share market. 
Now, to stay up to date on all of the latest from Dr. Oliver and the Simplifying Investing series more broadly, subscribe to the podcast series on your favorite streaming platform. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, a quick reminder, all topics discussed today are general in nature and haven't taken your personal circumstances into account. That's why it's important that you seek out tailored financial advice that is relevant to your personal circumstances before making any important financial decisions.